Paradise Path, Oregon sits in the middle of an endless sea of pines, crystal clear lakes, and a handful of mountains. But don't let the picturesque views fool you. Beneath the beauty, there's mystery everywhere. Everywhere? Even in this small yeah. town? Wake up. It's a psyop! <laughs> it's a psyop! <laughs> I slam my laptop shut, and I and then three seconds later, I open it back up. <laughs> Starring a cast of Funhouse's own Elise Willems. My name is Sloan Baker. James Willems. You can call me Dex. Jacob Fullerton. Tell me a little bit about Virgil. A lot of leather. A lot of leather. And Patrick Brown. What do you want to know? Must Be Dice is a brand new tabletop role-playing show where four unlikely heroes will band together to figure out what's causing a series of strange events in their hometown. And more importantly, why it's happening to them. You hear laughing, and then you hear your scream. You hear a growl, something from an animal that you've never heard before. Uh... <laughs> what the hell? Available now with new episodes every Monday and a day early for Rooster Teeth first members. Must Be Dice is part horror mystery and part comedy podcast. Join the Paradise Path Mystery Solvers Club to find out what's wrong with their town. Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Boats, pirates, grog, <laughs> yeah. hardcore grog action. We also have uh, Charlotte McGrath, who is not here with us for the intro because she had to pee like a motherfucker. So it's from all the grog. <laughs> this is uh, one of my favorite episodes that I've ever researched. Where it just wa it wasn't even a fucking chore to read the stories. The only thing that was difficult was reading something so outlandish that you go, I gotta look that up. That's probably fake. And then finding out, <laughs> no, most modern researchers believe that he really did this shit. And it's like, damn, dude. Yep. So it's an absolute. And this is only part one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets fucking weirder and weirder as it goes on. Um, hey, my name is Armando Torres. I've already said that. What am I doing? I'm giving you our plugs. You may have just heard uh, before this an advertisement for a brand new show that I'm making with Funhouse and Rooster Teeth called Must Be Dice. It's a tabletop role-playing show where uh, you will follow four adventurers who are teenagers as they try to figure out what is going on in their hometown. Um, it's very good. It's out now. It's available now. It's, uh, it comes out every Monday for the next nine weeks. Uh, my life is a living hell. It's a very good show, but God damn it, do I I beg for death and sleep. So um, go check that show out. It's really awesome. You can listen to the show anywhere you find podcasts, and you can watch the show if you are a Rooster Teeth first member. Um, yeah. Also, go check out Ship Hits the Fan, another amazing Rooster Teeth podcast that is hosted by Charlotte McGrath. You can find them anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, and then their social media is plugged a little bit later in the episode uh, and in the link of the show. So go ahead and check them out. Um, Panic Fest is happening May 1st. Come out to Kansas City. Get yep. your tickets. It's going to be a really good time. Yes. Uh, we will be there with Horror Virgin. Um, you can find information on our social media and I believe at panicfest.com. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, uh, individual tickets for events are up at panicfest, panicfilmfest.com now. 
So, Panic uh, but also check our social media. Check Panic Fest social media. Check Twitter. Check Instagram, Facebook, all of it. Yeah, check everyone and check in on your mother. Call her. It's yeah. been a while. Tell she her you love her. Yeah. Anyway, unless you don't love her, then fuck your mother. Anyway, well, don't well, love somebody on. else that you love. Yeah, don't I mean, don't, yeah, don't, don't yeah don't like fuck your mother. I meant like fuck no, your that's mother. T- so gross, real gross. <laughs> this is not a porno. This isn't Pornhub, Armando. Wow. I'm gonna need you to clean up your act. <laughs> you know, once um once I get my way, it will be. Anyway, no, no. This is a great episode. Everyone is great. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, without further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 Ahoy. Ahoy, maybe. Grug. Don't drink the For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Charlotte McGrath. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) No one could see it except for us, but Charlotte did a flourish. (laughs) I'm a physical performer, even in an audio medium. It's good. It's (laughs) It's my greatest strength and my greatest weakness. uh charlotte friend of the show has been on with us before uh mm-hmm. but before that you weren't in the weird wonderful all-encompassing world of uh hosting a true crime related podcast yeah i was uh on the outside looking in just visiting just peering around and now mm-hmm. i find myself a denizen uh <laughs> a regular <laughs> at the at the Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to visualize true crime history disaster podcasting as a bar. You yeah, know, you got you got mm. cereal over there at the uh, Sarah Kenick and you know and others. I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of true crime. <laughs> you guys are there too, though. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But we're like you on the outskirts of the bar, sitting alone, muttering about a very specific topic. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Oh, you don't want to go over there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many think- cults do you think there could possibly be? Because they have been talking for five years. <laughs> five years. You think behind yeah. the bastards is specific. Don't <laughs> talk to those people. Like, who are those three sitting in the kiddie pool? Oh, they talk about shipwrecks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Do you think Over they're nervous next about to the, the plane same crash thing? people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. My favorite thing about. Uh, Black Box Down, another rooster. Th- well, by the way, just let me get out of here. Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast that I host and started with Patrick Brown and Brian Gar, uh, also a Rooster Teeth podcast. But my favorite thing about Ship Hits the Fan is something that um, Eric Bedore, rooster, uh, rooster Teeth podcast producer, said eventually they're going to have to start crashing planes themselves to make <laughs> content. <laughs> so there's only so many plane crashes. So. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, mm. people were definitely tagging us when like 
that ship got stuck in the Chesapeake Bay and like the USS Sullivan, yeah. an old battleship tipped over and they found the endurance and all in the span of a month. And everyone's like, interesting that you guys start a ship podcast, a shipwreck podcast. And there's <laughs> all of a sudden so much shipwreck news. And I'm like, what did know they what know? <laughs> Who did they talk to ahead of time? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, we have got a, uh, an episode that I have uh, decided to do just for you, just uh, because we needed your expertise on oh, the no. high seas. And uh, <laughs> we've both been very, 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 excited to do this uh today we're going to cover an egomaniac who used his charisma and charm to convince hundreds of people to do his bidding bidding that usually revolved around his constant desire to get his hands on a big ass boat and while it might sound like it surprisingly i'm not talking about l ron hubbard i was uh, gonna say I was like, <laughs> is this a scientology episode <laughs> yeah that's right charlotte welcome to scientology oh <laughs> you guys <laughs> yeah we wanted to make sure you were in on the impending lawsuit too <laughs> yeah de definitely would love to uh get in on that i want to be complicit implicated <laughs> Well, we're not going clear, but today we are here to talk about some motherfucking pirates, baby. Oh, woo! Yes, <laughs> through the years, uh, the again, aforementioned five years that we've been doing this fucking show, uh, we've covered groups that are very culty. We've done the Crips, the Bloods, and the Latin Kings. Uh, but I ask you this, what is more culty than giving up your entire life to follow a single person across the seven seas doing whatever they say is the right move. Oof, mm. man. I mean, if they tell me that I need to pillage and plunder, make flame and ignite, drink up me hearties and yo-ho, I'm in. Is that a real sea shanty that you just know off the that's, top of your that's head? The Pirates that is of the, the Caribbean the one. one. Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, on the okay. ride. Well, yeah. I didn't... I've <laughs> Whereas <laughs> the movie goes... Johnny Depp takes the stand against Amber Heard. Yeah, exactly. Dark days. Not good. No, but the ride is like has like a sea shanty, and then it pauses at points so you can be like, "We want the redhead," and like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's like dead men tell no tales. I yeah. often tell a lot of tales, actually. That's what history books are for. Uh, Boo. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Boo! That's fair. <laughs> this guy hates Disney. Boo! <laughs> Get him. Get him, childless adults. <laughs> this guy's never poured whiskey into a Jamba Juice in downtown Disney and made the most of it. Boo! <laughs> uh, actually, he might have. I, yes, yeah, I definitely this is Armando. I, also, I call it grog, and it's bad. <laughs> Also, by the way, I've been I was researching pirates for this. I found out what grog actually is. It's just water, rum, and a lime and a spoonful of sugar. That's oh, what that, that sounds, sounds is. very pretty delightful. solid. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it was it was actually part of your rations. Like they didn't drink it to get drunk. They drank it because it, the sugar provided energy. Uh, the rum killed the bacteria that might be living in the water, and the lime prevented scurvy. So drinking yeah. grog was like mandatory pirate shit. It wasn't for fun. Um, I mean, uh, ale, early ale in medieval times was often not so alcoholic. You had to mm -hmm. drink a lot of it to get drunk. So it was yeah. like quickly to replenish farmers and workers. So yeah. I, I guess a prevailing school of thought. 
hundreds of years ago. Whereas now it's like, boy, am I tired. I, go <laughs> I, I well, need why, a mid-julep. <laughs> that's why when I go to the community garden, I am fucking slamming a fucking Miller Lights, dude. I am trying to get my energy up. Uh, Just like four hard Mountain Dews deep as you're trying to till the <laughs> yeah. soil. Great. Yeah. On a I'm duck boat Baja in the Echo blasted, Park. baby. <laughs> I'm on a duck boat drinking a tall Mike's Harder. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, ma'am, you have to get out. We need to power wash the homeless people out of here. And I'm like, sorry. You'll, you'll never catch me. Wee! <laughs> uh, so the life of a pirate was all about freedom, rebellion, and the promise of lots of booty. Uh, but it was also about devoting yourself entirely to your captain. A good pirate could command entire fleets consisting of hundreds of men who are willing to die to protect their leader. And one of the most famous pirates of all time was a man named Edward Teach, better known by the nickname Blackbeard. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Leather crop tops, fancy beard, <laughs> whole nine. Eddie Teach. Yeah. Eddie Teach. Blackbeard Eddie Teach. was not history's most violent pirate. Uh, he also wasn't actually a pirate for very long. His reign of terror only lasted about two years total. Really? Yeah. Huh. But in those huh. two years, he was able to rack up the modern equivalent of $12.5 million. Holy shit. And a legacy that will live on forever. Guys, also, hear me out. Podcasting. We shouldn't have done this. We should have gotten a boat. We should have become pirates. Absolutely. I've been there's, saying this for years. There's still fucking time. Could, maybe you could put them together like some sort of pirate radio. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Come on. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go. Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Charlotte is on board with uh, mixing podcasting and ships. I... <laughs> What, my my dream at the moment is to record an episode of Ship Hits the Fan from the deck of a of a ship, a seaworthy vessel. But like one that sank, so like no, you'll go down no. to the bottom it's of the just ocean. Them, it's thematically, it's on not going to sink track. until they're done recording. Mysteriously, yeah, and mm -hmm. you know, for insurance purposes and to finance future seasons, yes, Brian will still be yeah. on board. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, without a doubt, if you picture a pirate in your mind, it is probably based on Blackbeard. Blackbeard <laughs> has become the most famous pirate and sort of serves as like the archetype for what we think of when we think of pirates. I'm just picturing mm. Taika Waititi. Uh, I hope yeah. that's okay with everyone. I'm no, that's totally fine. I'm picturing Ian McShane. Ooh. Oh, yes. Yeah, because he played him in one of or the Dustin later Hoffman pirates as movies. Hook. Yes. True, yeah. I'm picturing Orlando Bloom, not for the role, just in general, like in my mm. mind's eye. Orlando. <laughs> but as Legolas for some reason. Uh, I've said it before, but to be Orlando Bloom in 2003. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Powerful. Powerful. <laughs> so we've got. Unstoppable. Uh, <laughs> we've got. Immeasurable. Source. <laughs> We've got a couple of sources. First uh, and foremost are the washboard abs of Orlando Bloom. Yes. Um, 
Well, we've also got the general history of the robberies and murders of the most notorious pirates by Charles Johnson. Uh, we have Blackbeard, the real pirate of the Caribbean by Dan Perry. And then we have several YouTube quote unquote documentaries about, <laughs> mm, about the war of the Spanish succession and Queen Anne's war. Um, is, is it like a video essay where one JPEG of a map stays on screen for three minutes? <laughs> yeah. There's also one. Cause those guys do good work. Those people do it well, but sometimes they, it's uh, more like a picture book than a video. They do a good job, but God damn it. Just get a good mic for one. Like stop recording 40 minutes of, of, of a speech or a lecture off of like the microphone. That's just on your computer. This brings us to the great typhoon of 1408. <laughs> Captain teaching his mighty band of, of swashbuckling miscreants took uh, down a merchant vessel. <laughs> The worst part is you'll get ones that have different you'll get ones that have different images and like one of them was straight up just a picture of a ship attacking another ship and the text written over it uh, was get wrecked lol <laughs> low invitation so, but high old. on a thirst for adventure yeah 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 oh, that, man. that reminds me of what I was thinking when you said Basically, every pirate is based on Blackbeard. I laughed because it sounded, you took a pause and it was like, every pirate you imagine is based. <laughs> <laughs> Get wrecked. They're so fucking based. <laughs> Get shipwrecked, fucking noob. Uh, so before he was a pirate, he was a boy named Edward Teach Jr., Edward mm. was born in Gloucestershire, England, sometime around 1683, to a pretty well-off family. His dad, Captain Edward Teach Sr., was a mariner who was so good at business that he had amassed a small personal fortune. Uh, unfortunately, like most rich white people at the time, he was a total fucking dick. No one can really say for sure what Captain Dad's business was, uh, but just going off of the time period and also the fact that he um, spent a lot of time sailing between England and the Caribbean, uh, Ooh, it's, no. it's pretty it. likely that, uh, that he made his nut off the old slave trade. Oh, um, not good. Ooh, no. no. And Very if you bad. thought that was bad enough, in 1685, he decided to use that personal fortune to start up a plantation in Jamaica. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Yikes. Edward. Yeah, it's not good. I, I do want to start off real quick and just say that, like, most of the people, if not everyone in this story, is a total piece of shit um and while they do do some cool shit uh most often they did some pretty whack-ass shit so when baby edward was only two years old his parents packed up their life loaded it onto a boat and sailed away to the colony port of santiago de la vega more commonly known to the british as spanish town um that's something that i just like so much is that spanish town after Britain won the war for Jamaica, became the official name of that place and is still the co uh, the the capital of that particular colony. Well, hey, at least wow. the British are consistent in applying the same creativity to their naming conventions as they do their cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's we, called it's sausage just, plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is called a. Uh, uh, 
this is bread soup. Um, it's water and bread. <laughs> they basically just <laughs> scraping by with that until they could imperialize curry. <laughs> uh, despite being horrible colonizers who engaged in one of humanity's worst crimes, uh, the Teach family was seen at the time as being very respectable. Despite what you might think about most pirates, Edward had a pretty great childhood. He lived in a rich part of town, he came from a rich family, and he was even given an amazing education. Now, during this time, about 53% of English citizens were literate, but even still, Edward showed a lot of promise. He was apparently like an amazing reader and an amazing writer. He just fucking blew through books and loved telling stories to anyone that would listen the kid was super fucking smart and if writing or whatever nerd shit that you know he could possibly do with an education didn't work out he could always fall back on the family business sailing the sea for uh morally upsetting reasons his dad taught him everything that there was to know about boats, and by the time he was 10, Edward could damn near captain a ship all by himself. And while he didn't need to literally, he would pretty soon need to metaphorically, because things didn't stay great for Edward. Boy oh, captain. <laughs> the boy captain Edward. The boy who captain. sailed. <laughs> the boy scourge of the seven seas <laughs> he's just got a scar in the shape of a jolly roger across his forehead well no the the, the flag that a 10 year old pirate captain flies is the jolly rancher oh <laughs> it's watermelon i want to see it's the dreaded blue raspberry <laughs> i want to see a whole show that's just based off of blackbeard's childhood and they call it our flag means boo-boos Oh, <laughs> means ouchies. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, in 1699, when Edward was 14, his mother passed away. And it only took his dad six months to remarry and start popping out siblings. Uh, but in 1706, Captain Dad bit the big one, too. And unfortunately, he had not done a great job of planning for his death. Edward Teach Sr. died without ever writing a will. Oh, no. Paper wasn't yeah. invented Oh, that's that. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they couldn't go to TurboTax or fucking, what is it? The, the legal Zoom. Legal that's Zoom. Legal yeah. Zoom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only legal Zoom that existed was that if you were able to Zoom away fast enough, you were free. You were a free man. Uh, so he died without ever leaving a will and per the law of uh, primogeniture the family estate was left to his eldest son so that means at the age of 21 Edward Jr. was left in charge of the family plantation his stepmother and her three very young children and to add to the stress Edward was about to start a family of his own his newlywed wife was pregnant with their soon to be daughter and um, all of this is kind of a lot and is probably not surprising that uh, it caused Edward to have a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> From his perspective, he was quickly becoming trapped in a life that he had not picked for himself. He lived in Jamaica because his dad decided to move there. Uh, he owned a plantation because his dad decided to start one. 
and he was probably married to a woman from another respectable British family because it had been good for his dad's business. But his dad had built his own life by sailing the seven seas and making his own fortune. He was his own man, uh, ironically, because he was willing to suppress the freedom of other men, but, you know, still, whatever. And so Edward made a decision that would give him a chance to choose his own life. He transferred the entirety of his father's very large estate to his stepmother on the condition that she watch over his wife and child. She gladly agreed, and Edward was now officially off the hook. He packed up his shit, headed to Port Royal, and started to live for himself, which is honestly the coolest deadbeat dad story I've ever heard in my fucking life. Yeah, I mean, it could have been bad. It's like, he was trapped in a life he didn't want, so he made the unprecedented decision to kill his young wife and child (laughs) and leave with all his money. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. And a move that is now known as Ben Wying. Blackbeard was... Oh, no. No. He teached it. (laughs) (laughs) And and can I just say about teach senior, more like dead word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right? That's very good. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Respect. Uh, Not to to him as a guy. Disrespect to Edward teach senior. Yeah, lots of disrespect. A (laughs) ton of of it, actually. I'm glad he's dead. Honestly, yeah, same. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. After leaving Jamaica, Edward joined the Royal Navy and worked aboard the HMS Windsor, a 60-gun warship that was dedicated to blowing anything that crossed its path right out of the fucking water. And it sure as shit needed to, because at the start of the 18th century, the high seas were filled with war. There was fucking war everywhere. You could not sail a ship without guns because of how dangerous it had become. In the uh, in the year 1700, the king of Spain died without fathering a child, which is like the royalty equivalent of dying without a will. It's kind of a fucked up move. There were two options for a successor, and both of them tipped the balance of Europe, so naturally, the rest of the continent picked sides and forced a war, because if the fucking scales were going to tip, you wanted them to tip in your favor. Half of Spain partnered with the Brits, and the other half joined forces with the French, and then the two sides decided to duke it out. And pretty soon, things were getting way out of hand, and the fighting eventually reached the New World, where the Spanish, French, and British ships all tried to blast each other with cannonballs any time they came across each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I love blasting people with balls, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I love blowing anyone in my path <laughs> out of the water. <laughs> like pretty good at (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually the best (laughs) (sighs) but here's the thing about war um it's fucking expensive and what yeah apparently i thought it was about i thought it was wildly profitable (laughs) yeah i mean if it was expensive wouldn't we be like allotting trillions and trillions of dollars a year to pay for it? <laughs> like, hmm. well, yeah, I mean, it's it's profitable for the people that are selling the weapons, Paige. Sure, mm, Iron Man, got it. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> fucking war criminal. <laughs> I like to imagine that 
basically Iron Man made whatever the Marvel equivalent of Northrop Grumman is and is just like yeah. an evil motherfucker. I think yeah. it's widely yeah. agreed that he made Raytheon, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember that from the first movie that he was just kind of like a bad guy and would sell weapons yeah. to the highest bidder or whatever. But and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one but ever talks about made... how he did Marvel 9-11. All right. That was that was him. That was Iron Man. No, they ha- he snapped. <laughs> yeah, they. That's right. They did have Marvel nine Marvel nine eleven. That's yeah. crazy. We should yeah. get to talk about that sometime uh, off mic. Just about how the fact that like only like a decade after one of the most harrowing tragedies in American history, we have <laughs> a superhero movie recreating it with alien lizards. <laughs> that's I think yeah, about that I mean- a lot actually. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to stop doing the podcast actually and just go hang out and talk about marvel 9 11 yeah sure yeah sure, absolutely because sure, sure. if if you rearrange the letters in stark industries it spells raytheon i don't know if you know don't what? test it just i'm right <laughs> yeah i mean it looks right yeah r <laughs> right there's yep. an r in it tracks there. i don't see a. why we should keep going yeah why, tony oh my god <laughs> So war is fucking expensive. And at the time, Britain was pretty strapped for cash. So they needed a creative way to screw over their enemies while also pulling in a profit. And uh, that is when the Royal Navy got into the very lucrative plundering business. Uh, Ooh. Oh, plundering. The NFTs of its day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they but were the be... real yacht apes. <laughs> but yeah. it would be plunder like nice, without the fat e. treasure. Nice fat treasure. Oh my god. Oh, plunder like P L U R. P L U N D R. Yeah, plunder. N D R. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Plunder. Do you know if you rearrange the letters in plunder, it spells out Raytheon? <laughs> Fuck, man. And it's pronounced strong. Great. <laughs> so any ship flying a different flag, whether they were Navy ships or merchants, would be boarded, robbed, and escorted back to Britain or to a nearby colony. And this new strategy worked out, yeah, by the Royal Navy, by the motherfucking Royal Navy. And this new strategy worked so well that the Brits decided to expand their operation. So suddenly, any private vessel owned by a British citizen was given full carte blanche to become a pirate for the good of the crown. And as an added incentive, the queen even waived the sovereign percentage, meaning that if you decided to fight as a contractor and took out an enemy ship, you would keep 100% of the profits without having to report any of that income to the government. It's like giving every soldier a license to carjack, and you get to keep whatever you find inside. Yeah, it absolutely is. And at this moment, I'm sure the queen is like, I don't see this turning around on us. (laughs) <laughs> no, not at all. She was too busy fucking one of the pirates. Real story. <laughs> that, that is a very real thing. That was Queen Anne for real? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Queen Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this mm, one oh, is yeah. Queen Anne. So this is after. You, you know sorry. Queen Elizabeth was horny for sea dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what. <laughs> you know the Queen Elizabeth and the sea dogs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great band name. Love their yeah, first no, album. No, no. That Saw them was, at Coachella. The Sea Dogs were Queen Elizabeth's band of privateers uh, that oh, yeah, she yeah, yeah. hired. Privateers. <laughs> yeah, yes. privateers. To go out tears. and basically do this exact thing. She called them the Sea Dogs. Changed yeah, the world's music. Yep. <laughs> she <laughs> hired them to 
plunder the world and her privates. That's why she called them the privates. Hey, oh, cha cha, come on. What's she hiding in that collar? Uh, now we're gonna do something that we haven't really done in a while on the show, and uh, head into a little place that I like to call the speculation zone. Yay! It's been like a year and a half. Yeah, that's the problem with doing good research is that you don't have to speculate very much, and then you lose a crowd favorite. Um, segment where you basically just make shit up based on context clues yes so we don't know a lot about how edward went from being a member of the royal navy to becoming a pirate um very obviously records were not very well kept especially when they concern outlaws and pirates and the story of how they became outlaws and pirates what we do know is that Edward was good at two things, and uh, it was pillaging and robbery, which are kind of the same thing, um, but both of them were his strong suits. And we also know that he was praised by his commanders for his, quote, uncommon boldness and personal courage. So my theory is that Edward watched privateers make their nut raiding Spanish and French ships while he basically made the same amount of money no matter how many boats he plundered. And regardless of the reason, eventually Edward left the Royal Navy so that he could become a privateer. What? Why? Why would anyone do that? No, obviously. That is clearly the best path. Yeah, duh. He went full contractor. Now he doesn't have to fill out a 1099 and he is killing it. Yes. He created a pass-through corporation by which he passes through <laughs> onto other ships and takes their shit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Sea Dogs LLC. Um, and, and, it's, and that's it's LL. A C. No, no, no. Yeah, it's LLCEA. LLC Dogs. Yeah, yeah. Sea Dogs LLC Dogs. It's like a palindrome, but not. Right. And for the first time in his life, Edward felt like he had truly found his calling. During Queen Anne's War, he used his knowledge of the Caribbean to dominate the West Indies, stealing countless loads of cargo. He also used his connections in Port Royal to help him fence off his stolen goods quickly, easily, and for a really good profit. Unfortunately for him, the good times didn't last forever. In 1713, the war came to an end and privateering was once again outlawed. The Royal Navy's contractors were expected to return home and get real jobs so that they could contribute to society like respectable right. members. Okay, that guys, cut it out. <laughs> I need you to stop doing the thing that we made legal that you became wildly, uh, unprecedentedly rich off of. Uh, I want you to just kind of like, you know, get on some Bob Cratchit shit and like tally things <laughs> for, for people that will make money off of you. Yes. In the most obvious plot twist of all time, they decided that they did not want to give it up. Not for a second, not for a chance. (laughs) Privateers like Edward decided that if the only thing standing between them and the small fortunes that were being made was a stupid British law, then the British law could go fuck itself. And they were just going to fully commit to becoming pirates. Mm. Um, So around 1716, at the age of 31... Edward joined the crew of the renowned pirate captain, Benjamin Hornigold. Um, it is a pretty fun, dumb name. That is Benjamin amazing. Um, does that describe how ladies 
reacted when they met him. They were just horny for his gold, like all the time. <laughs> I think it was him that was horny for gold. He's a fucking you think pirate. So? Yeah, yeah. I'm just he's picturing like, him mm. like sitting on his boat, just like no one loves me for me. No one cares about my feelings. They're just horny gold. <laughs> no you one, know? no one cares about Benjamin. They only care about the gold. The very horny yes. gold. I want the gold. Give me the gold. Yes. <laughs> I think he's horny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Edward was one hell of a pirate, uh, but Captain Hornygold was the first person to notice that he had the potential to become one hell of a captain. Edward took the position of second in command and was put in charge of his own ship in the captain's fleet. And this is where Edward made the transformation from random privateer to the pirate Blackbeard. Captain Ben, as he was probably called, I don't really know. I think he might have Benji just... Horney. Benji, yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Captain Benji Horney was as successful as he was because he relied on strategy over violence. Fighting meant winning loot, but forcing your victim to surrender means that you can take everything from them. Their cargo, their crew, even the ship itself. And like I said... Captain Benjamin Hornigold was a world-renowned pirate, and he used his reputation to scare the shit out of any ship that he came across. When other captains saw his flag, they knew that the best chance for survival was to just give up completely. In order to build up his own reputation, Edward started to change his image. He grew out a wild, unkempt beard, Uh, He covered his tall, broad frame in black clothing, and he even commissioned a custom gun sling so that he could carry six pistols into combat at once. Yo. Ho, ho. Fuck. That's like, that's some Tomb Raider shit. Oh, yeah. Like, do you remember, like, the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie where she had, like, 12 holsters and would just like click new magazines into her guns from the holsters yeah well it Damn. makes it makes a lot more sense when you remember that back then a gun took like 40 minutes to reload that's true that makes yeah a lot of truly sense. Th- that 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 custom gun saying was the equivalent of one revolver yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can actually look up you can google blackbeard and almost every single uh portrait that i'm seeing of him includes this weird sling with six fucking guns on it my favorite one uh yeah is, wow, my favorite one is from the nc maritime museum where it is just six guns placed almost randomly <laughs> across his <laughs> chest. body uh i think this this plays into last week a lot because like if you remember last week guns were so bad and and last week took place over a hundred years later than this yeah and guns were so bad then that that guy could have used six guns so like now that i think about it this is just fucking smart but heavy yeah like, oh I'm heavy with that very bait. very heavy especially because all those guns are made out of like solid wood and metal and shit yeah shit During his raids, Edward would focus on speed so that his ship could reach the target before you even had a chance to attack. And once the boarding began, he used a bunch of tricks and antics that were designed to scare the shit out of you. His favorite was lighting slow-burning fuses, almost like you would use for like TNT or dynamite, 
He would light slow burning fuses, hide them inside of his beard, and then wherever he walked around, he was followed by a weird aura and trail of smoke that made him look like he was a ghost. Nice. So fucking sick. Ships that were attacked by Edward and his crew thought that they were being robbed by a goddamn demon. One of the earliest descriptions of the newbie captain was, quote, such a figure that imagination cannot form an idea of a fury from hell to look more frightful, end quote. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Fucking powerful, dude. It's just, he he, he was like a theater kid, and he was really good at mm-hmm. uh, uh, special effects. This guy understands Shit. branding. Yeah, though, like, honestly, like, if there's one thing that I think we learned from Blackbeard, like, so far is branding is like lean into it, be the brand so that by the time and I think this is what we'll probably, you know, find out by the time he gets really good at it, he doesn't even have to do it anymore because everyone already knows about it and they're scared of him based on what they've heard. Oh, yeah. That was a lesson that he learned from Captain uh, Benji Horny, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. in fact, one of the things that I found out while I was researching Blackbeard is that now in modern times, it is widely believed that he never really hurt or physically injured anyone directly. Um, Mm. he did not like to fight (laughs) and I think it's because fighting could end in your own injury. Um, it's not to say he didn't order things to be done, but I don't think he directly did any of the fighting. I mean, if you were going to pick out of a lineup, a guy who probably wouldn't want to fire a gun, it might be the guy that has six of them strapped to his chest Mm -hmm. because he doesn't (laughs) understand that you're probably fine with one of them. I mean... I don't know. I mean, as as we covered, six guns in this time is one revolver in our time. So, like, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe he needed the six. Maybe he was so afraid of being shot that he had six <laughs> insurance policies to shoot first. He's the Greedo of his day. Oh, oh he's man. the Greedo of his day. He's That's it. <laughs> Pack it up. Pack it in. All right. Well, that's been Let the cold podcast, everybody. You guys have a good one. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't long before stories of a dreadful pirate known only as Blackbeard started spreading across the seven seas. And after only a few months under the wing of Captain Benji Horney, Edward decided that it was time to leave the nest and become his own captain. And his first order of business was getting his hands on a ship worthy of captaining. On November 28th, 1717, a French slave ship was sailing off the coast of St. Vincent when they were attacked by a small but very heavily armed ship. The attackers, led by Edward, fired upon their target several times with many different guns. I'm talking cannons, rifles, all of that shit. And before they even <laughs> boarded the ship, they managed to kill a majority of the crew. <laughs> That's efficiency. That's, yeah. That is efficiency. That's well, me Edward's playing li- Horizon Zero Dawn, just <laughs> sniping from the hills. Yes, exactly. You pick them off before you get in there. Well, yep, also, the ship yep. had a big sling with six cannons on it. <laughs> the captain of the slave ship surrendered, and he and his surviving crew were forced into lifeboats and told to get paddling. Um, there is a little bit of confusion as to what happened with the slaves. Uh, reportedly... Blackbeard liked to set them free 
um, which is a good thing. But also, Blackbeard was known to own a couple slaves and was also not mm. afraid to take slaves as cargo and then sell them when he got back to port. So mm. it's kind of a weird mixed thing where some of his crew were freed slaves that he would, you know, free and then let uh. them work for him. But then also he was still engaging in slavery so it's uh i don't know it's fucked up it's all fucked up yeah well it I seems imagine. like he only like frees people when it's convenient yeah to him yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure whatever fucked up cocktail of morality he had put together <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. operate in such a fashion and to to make himself into black <laughs> I'm sure it's like like talking to some like moderates where it's like well how now hang on how can you believe this but not believe this and it's like well i don't know <laughs> i just don't know stop pressing i don't know anyone that's affected by that thing and so i choose not to think about it yeah, exactly. yeah we'll the see these slaves it's convenient i needed and uh <laughs> right <clears throat> exactly. did you see my beard is I smoking pretty one. cool <laughs> yeah. right yeah. huh isn't that sick right what do we think <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I grew up my beard and I'm constantly vaping. So hopefully people think I'm a goddamn ghost. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you have the flavor cartridges. It's like, it's the cotton candy specter. <laughs> he doesn't so, want the amusement park to open. <laughs> and honestly, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you goddamn Royal Navy. And... Uh, <laughs> And you're fucking privateers. So this is how Blackbeard got his famous ship. The vessel had originally been christened as the Concord, an English merchant ship that was plundered by French privateers during the war. Um, and unoriginal as ever, the French simply changed its name to La Concorde. <laughs> Completely different. Yeah, they added so original. They added la. I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Edward had a better name in mind. He called his new ship Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh God, damn it! So good. Yeah. Fucking great band name. I right. Here's the thing. I also thought it was cool as shit until I later found out that it was so, like a political statement that he was doing. Oh, because oh. Uh, well, that's less cool. Was it pro queen? It was pro queen. He was trying to Quid reinstate. Pro queen. <laughs> he was trying to reinstate Queen Anne as the ruler of England or something. I don't know. This is the part Ooh, that I I watched so much shame. documentaries about the War of the Spanish Succession, and then I completely dropped the ball on Queen Anne. So Aww. Blackbeard was one of those weirdos who was just like, I love the crown and I'm so mad at Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> How dare she do that to this beautiful family? See, I was hoping it was pro queen in the Freddie Mercury sense. Cause then oh, I'm like, yeah, aren't right. we all, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Queen Freddie's revenge. Oh <laughs> yeah. His flag what? just says, yes, queen. And it's, but it's uh, <laughs> queen Anne. So it just says, <laughs> and that's what they call out as they come up to others. <laughs> uh, after returning to port, uh, Edward had the ship retrofitted with over 12 guns. 
and in the outlaw haven of the Pirate Republic, which, by the way, the Pirate Republic was a city that was set up by his mentor, Captain ben- Benji Horney, um, that was mm. basically like a safe haven for pirates. And its main feature was that the water was shallow, but deep enough that normal ships could get through, like the ships that pirates used, but shallow enough that the Royal Navy ships could not get into it. That's so so smart. Yeah. That is smart. Uh, It was called New Providence and also known as the Pirate Republic, which both names just fucking rock. Those are awesome. Both slap. Those are great. Yeah. I I don't know. Sounds like a bad place for women, so unfortunately, I think I'm gonna have to steer yeah. clear. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty yeah. much a bad place for anyone that wasn't a white dude. I mean, it, it definitely sounds like in practice, it's kind of like Beach Bakersfield, but like, you know, if you need something bad done, if you need to find drugs or meth or like someone to retrofit guns onto your ship or rims onto your Cadillac, Bakersfield is the place to go. Oh, man. Did you see Blackbeard? Yeah. He put the fucking neon shit under his ship. It's awesome, <laughs> dude. He got that thing that makes his exhaust pipe say woo when he drives. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Is it the whistle tips? Is that what they're called? I think they're called whistle tips. I just remember growing up uh, in the Bay Area, there was a news story out of Oakland where it was like, yes, I've yeah, seen it makes it. it go woo. And it just showed constantly. It was very funny. But yeah. Mm-hmm. If you thought the Queen Anne's Revenge was cool, just uh, just wait until he hits the switches and that motherfucker starts dancing in the ocean. <laughs> when we're on the ocean, we're family. <laughs> uh, in... Um... In the Pirate Republic, Blackbeard was able to convince over 120 different men who had heard the legends of Blackbeard that they should follow him on his reign of terror. Uh, And this is when his career as a pirate really started. So basically, the the, the way it would work is that they would go out, they would find a ship, they would uh, scare the fuck out of them. And then they would take everything, bring it back to port, fence it off, and then waste all of their money in the Pirate Republic until they needed to go out and do it again. Um, It was honestly, for Edward, a pretty great life. Uh, And it was also here and during this cycle where he met somebody um, that you could maybe describe as kind of a kindred spirit. Uh, because he had come into contact with another person who was going by the name uh, Captain Edward. And funny enough, Captain Edward was also captaining a ship that was called the Revenge. Unfortunately, Mm. unlike Blackbeard, uh, this man was not at all respected by his crew. Uh, Although... They had a lot in common, more than just the weird aliases and the weird ship names. See, uh, this captain was also from a well-off, respected family. Uh, But he got tired of his life in England and apparently, quote-unquote, his nagging wife. And so he decided to retrofit a ship uh, with hundred with hundreds of men and up to forty guns and set sail, leaving his life behind to become a pirate. Um, and this man was better known as Steed Bonnet, 
The Gentleman ah. Pirate. Ah. Ladies. Right, right, right. You ever nag your man so much he decides to take to the open sea? <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> he wouldn't pick up his socks, but now he's picking up treasure. How do you feel now? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look at you, the old cannonball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> now Aww. you get to live in shame because you're an unwed mother. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true, historically. At yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Uh, Not good. You should be ashamed of yourself, ladies. <laughs> Lock that man down. Keep him from plundering the high seas. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he would be Seize out there. Seize that man. Maybe he wouldn't be out there looking for booty if you were giving it to him in the first place. Come <laughs> no, on. Terrible. Come on. Terrible. Oh, but also, absolutely what people thought. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that is where we will be able to pick up next week with uh, the thrilling conclusion of our series on Blackbeard the Pirate. Wow. Yay! And Steed Bonnet, and who is also a fascinating character in and of himself. Steed Bonnet, who is a fascinating character, and their story is fucking wild. And also, the rest of Blackbeard's story is fucking crazy. All of these pirates live the craziest lives. So here's another thing about Captain Benji Horney. Uh, is that Captain Benji <laughs> Horney had another great tactic where he would never, ever, ever attack a British ship. Um, it oh. meant that he attacked less ships, but it also meant that he almost never ran into issues with the law. And uh, a, a little a little while after where we're leaving off, I think only like a couple months later, he straight up retired as a pirate Um only to come back a couple of months later as a pirate hunter where he was extremely successful. Damn. Wow, enterprising dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also maybe a little bit like a conflict of interest that he was also like, he was profiting off of the pirate haven while he was also hunting pirates. Yeah. Just kind of playing both sides. I don't know. Um, it's a so, different time. <laughs> so those of you who are listening might be familiar with uh, uh, parts of this story uh, from the HBO series um, Our Flag Means Death, uh, which is a very good show. But it also posits a relationship between Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet that was uh, romantic in nature. And this is something that I got curious about, so I started Googling it, and that's when I found out that Pirates was gay as hell pretty much the <laughs> entire time. Not surprised. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean... They're rip shit on Grog, mm -hmm. stuck on a boat together. Mm -hmm. Romance happens. They also... Yeah. Uh, so at the time, homosexuality was seen as like one of the biggest sins, and you could be hanged for it. Uh, and a lot mm. of people decided that they did not want to be hanged, surprisingly enough. Uh, and a majority of them decided to head out onto the ocean. And because a lot of people were openly gay on the seas, um, being gay was seen as very okay by most pirates. In fact, it was commonly accepted and pirates had their own form of same-sex marriage uh, called matelage, uh, where you okay so like you probably couldn't write a will if you're a pirate because you have a bunch of illegal shit so you would find somebody on your ship that you wanted to share your life with and then when you passed away that person was given all of your possessions in your estate 
And it was sort of seen as a legal thing, but um, according to uh, modern day researchers, more often than not, matelage was seen as a romantic partnership between two men. It was straight up how people got married to each other. In fact, matelage oh. is where we get the term matey. Oh, like I matey. Oh, oh interesting. Oh, it's gay. Yeah. It's all gay. It's the astronaut meme. It was all. It was all gay all along. Always has been. Always has been. <laughs> Always has been. <laughs> yeah, there was. Uh, I mean, pirates suck, and pirates are terrible. Like they're they are kind of dog shit people. As are the quote unquote good guys in the story. Like everyone kind of fucking sucked. But for the most part, I found out that pirates were overwhelmingly accepting of the lgbtq community in fact there were a couple of pirates uh who were born women and then decided that they didn't want that to be their life so then they just transitioned set sail and lived their life as men just completely so did whatever they wanted to do and everyone was completely fucking fine with it because no one cared you're out there on the sea there's a reason that you're out there so why are you gonna judge anybody for whatever they want to do you know yeah and fucking I mean, just look at captain jack sparrow's uh eyeliner <laughs> yeah gorgeous well no that i feel like Queen. was too far that that i feel like was was, was a little that bit. was too far yeah yeah, yeah 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 listen i'm i can i can get down with some big gay people but like come on <laughs> eyeliner too many scarves like more than one scarf at a time what are we talking about yeah that must have been in his in his contract he's like i need scarves <laughs> i need a minimum of six scarves at any given time and i will be providing them myself <laughs> it's so neat i mean it makes sense that like a counterculture uh like organization even though it wasn't really an organization would be like you know right if you're opposing what the conventional government and status quo of the time is then they i suppose they do go hand in hand yeah i think that from what i was able to glean most pirates became pirates because they thought that certain laws were unjust or stupid and that they wanted mm -hmm. to go out and sort of have their own freedom and living that lifestyle meant that you kind of start to question every law. So, like, if you're running from something, what means that any other thing, like, you know, being gay was illegal and you could be hanged for it? Well, fucking, why? Why would that ever matter if it's just as dumb as any of the other shit that I'm already opposing? It makes no sense. So, they were very accepting of a lot of different people. The one thing that Our Flag Means Death did get kind of wrong is um, there weren't as many diverse crews in pirates as yeah. you would think uh in fact a majority of them kind of st stuck with crews of their own race and then would uh sort of break up those territories um amongst themselves so hmm. accepting hmm. in some ways but somehow racism still uh still got yeah. right through that little fine mess ship well because some of them are still making money off the slave trade, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, Charlotte. Armando. <laughs> Sorry. I, I guess that was more serious than I wanted it <laughs> yes. to be. Hi. We brought you uh, into this episode for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. Because you are thinking Me. of starting your own pirate adventure. Is that right? Yeah, I've been putting out feelers. Um, the mm -hmm. market for uh, formerly English French 
uh, slave ship is tough at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they say it's a buyer's mm-hmm. market, but you know, the loans and you know, it's it's tough. <laughs> I'm trying to hit up mm-hmm. uh, uh, ship max, whatever. I, um, yeah, no, I've got I've got a little. Are you getting at the podcast or what? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just <laughs> trying to do a thing. Look, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I spent uh, all of yesterday getting day drunk and then stayed up until six in the morning writing this episode and then woke up at six nine to finish morning. writing. Yeah, uh, our our coworker John Holland convinced me to drink a Red Bull and that was a bad plan for me. And so oh, I stayed up until good, six. Bad. Six in the morning, writing this episode, woke up at nine to finish writing it, and now I'm here. So my brain is operating on, like, grog level. Like, it's mostly rum and lime. Yeah, a little bit of water. Yeah, well, you passed that baton to me. I was also day drunk for most of yesterday. (laughs) So I dropped it. You kind of lazily tossed it, and I made a sweeping gesture to grab it. I do have an endeavor. (laughs) When does this episode come out? This episode Monday. comes out Monday. Monday. Okay. Tomorrow. So, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, great. So, yes, I host a podcast about maritime disasters. Um, some of them in rivers, lakes, uh, at sea. Uh, we don't discriminate against the size or motion of a body of water. But, um, yeah, we just wrapped season one, which is eight episodes. Um, it's myself, Patrick Brown and Brian Gar, and it kind of came about really naturally in that, like Patrick and I love talking about shipwrecks and, uh, we were able to get Brian on board as a producer, which in a way was getting the band back together. Cause we used to host a show together on a channel called inside gaming, which is still around that Brian still hosts stuff on. But yeah, I mean like we like covered like a whole gamut of things we did you know, the coast of Concordia, the cruise ship from only like 15 years ago off the coast of Italy and uh, a ship that turned over in the Chicago River in the early 1900s. Like, it's so interesting learning how these things are connected and the way this, uh, not world, but like, like, so the Titanic, right? That's the big one, which we're staving off. We haven't done it yet. Because uh, that's the question everyone asks us. But like, there are other ships that we have covered that at least one has sank as a direct result of actions taken in the wake of the Titanic tragedy. So mm. it's super interesting, and like, we do not claim to be experts by any means. Um, but I mean, we give it our own spin and we riff, and it's it's a lot of fun. And season two starts May eighteenth. Wow, twelve more episodes. Yeah, so. Right now, we're releasing sort of like interim episodes. And so like the first one, which will be out this week, is about Titanic conspiracy theories. Whoa. And that one's that one's really fun. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, being conspiracy theories, at least one does get back to anti-Semitism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Always. So, so <laughs> you got to You got to expect that. But also there's anti-Catholic sentiment covered. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> Protestants <laughs> forever. Really Thank getting you. into that. Appreciate yeah. I mean, it's super interesting. I had no idea that the shipyard the Titanic was built in where the White Star Line constructed its ships basically had no catholics working like they uh they cultivated like a protestant workforce uh in this irish uh uh uh, harbor or shipyard but uh but yeah we're doing three 
kind of filler episodes, not filler episodes, but you know, not mainline entries. And then we're going to get back into it. We have season two already all planned out. Uh, we're super stoked on it. And we've been really happy about the reception we've gotten. Uh, I don't know. People are stoked on it. And I would love for more people to keep listening to it. So they yeah. keep us around and, awesome. and sell ads for us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We're in the same boat. Boom. Hey. Uh, yeah. I, I really enjoy Ship Hits the Fan a lot. Y'all have, first of all, the three of you are so unbelievably fucking funny. Um, but also, I love uber specific like niche podcasts that cover one thing and and sort of like the one thing that i really like about doing cult podcast is that we've gotten really good not at knowing all about true crime like if you were going to ask me how do murderers operate how does this happen whatever probably couldn't Mm -hmm. tell you but now like we can hear the beginnings of some cults like uh, philosophy and go like oh yeah so they're basically taking neo-buddhism and then mixing it with like theosophy and so you sort of start to learn all of these little things and then see them pop up time and time again and um it's really fun. well i was gonna say it's really fun but it's actually really terrifying if you think about yeah it. so i think that's something you guys have probably had to contend with too is like sometimes these are really dark subjects and mm-hmm. um we have a rule of thumb that we follow which is that if it's over a hundred years ago we're not too worried about being like ultra respectful <laughs> like our pilot <laughs> took place in 19 uh 15 i believe the the east ss eastland the chicago river horrible horrible disaster but like it's you know some time has passed whereas like we covered another ship um uh in the philippines uh a transport vessel called the doña paz which was horrifying awful 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 tragedy and that happened in the 80s so it it it, Mm. some of them are are feel really raw and like we uh you know like it's 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 a tough line to walk like when we covered the coast of concordia like it's it's a story filled with scandal and interesting characters like the captain who is extremely unscrupulous and there are tidbits that are truly funny like he did he did a sail by of this small italian island because apparently he was having an affair with a dancer on land and uh and this captain also left the ship before the rescue effort was really finished and later claimed that he fell into the lifeboat <laughs> oh jeez um, he's currently you know, serving time so but like he understand. fell into the lightboat and it accidentally exactly. rode away well you don't get it i was trying to get back up there but i was flailing so much that i just kept paddling exactly. back to shore <laughs> i tried i really tried yeah he was ordered back on by the coast guard But, like, see, those are, like, objectively so funny and so funny to riff on. And we do. But also, like, 30 people died on the coast of Concordia because of this guy's actions, mainly. Mm -hmm. So, like, it is, you know, fun and goofy. And, like, the three of us have a great rapport. But, like, it's been uh, not eye-opening, but sort of it's interesting trying to find that space to exist in. And I think we really hit our groove during the first season. Um, Cause like, you know, it is a dark show. And I think some people were a little bit put off by that at first, which Mm. that's fine. (laughs) Like if the show's not for you, don't listen to it. Like, Mm. like there were people like, sorry, they were a little too flippant. And it's like, I get where you're coming from. 
Um, but that's the identity of the show. And, you know, we're going to do it on a ship by ship basis. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, if it's like, if like a ship, like p- <laughs> there's another thing that has happened now where people will tweet ships at us that they want us to cover <laughs> sometimes in, uh, cause I use the Twitter account basically sometimes for just like ship posting, ship posting, if you will. Oh, um, but like, uh, but like, People will reply to like joke tweets or promotion tweets with like links to awful tragedies. Oh yeah. Oh. Hey, you guys should <laughs> talk about to the- our world. Yeah, yes. I bet. Yeah, it was, but it'll be like, hey, check out uh, this this fun clip where we're like goofing about uh, Brian's, uh, you know, B- Brian being born just after a tragedy, and someone will reply and like, hey, you should cover this duck boat where nine people from the same family died. It yes. was three Ooh. years ago, and it's like. No, <laughs> no, because like, like that it's not a very detailed story. I mean, like mm-hmm. you, we could cover it, mm-hmm. but also like we have a part at the end of the show called honorable mentions where we like, that's where we get to like goof off and talk about like the Minnesota Vikings, uh, <laughs> sex crews out on the lake. Uh, which oh, they denied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like the Dave Matthews band emptying like hundreds yep. of pounds of shit Into onto a Chicago tour boat on the river, yes. um, on the river in the middle of the city. But like, yeah, people are like, Hey, you should cover this harrowing, awful, awful tragedy that <laughs> is, still leaving a stain on on the families and it's like uh, i don't know well to be I mean, fair room the for... chicago river thing was also leaving a stain on those families hey yeah, yeah that's just how that river do yeah that was a particularly Somebody... <laughs> bad shit wreck hey yeah some people tw- someone tweeted at us they were listening to the show as they were preparing to take a river cruise in chicago and i quote tweeted from the account and i was like please keep an eye out for touring musicians <laughs> <laughs> yeah you um the one of the good not good but one of the differences between our show and it happens sometimes on your show but for the most part the bad stuff that happens in cults stems from one or a group of bad people and so we basically get carte blanche to just rip these people a new asshole every single week where you know it, to dunk on the villains. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, actually, you know, like the the guy yeah. who fucking sailed by and 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 some of your other uh, episodes are a- you're able to like point at whose fault it is and it makes it a little bit easier to make jokes. Yeah, but sometimes it is just happenstance. Horrible happenstance. Um, yeah. But but more often than I would have expected actually, it is because of a direct negligence or uh corruption a lot. There's there's a decent amount of mm-hmm. that like Episode two covers a Mississippi steamship that was trans. It was post Civil War, transporting uh, Union prisoners of war back north um, mm. to go home. They were, you know, they were released, and unfortunately, the U.S. government uh, incentivized this practice by paying for each head five dollars per uh soldier 10 for officers if i remember correctly and so these this captain and another guy kind of had got up to a racket where they filled the ship with like 2500 guys and then barely and then there was like a patchwork repair on the boiler or something and the thing just the quote from the time said it went up like a volcano and like oh my god yeah and it's very clear corruption and it's like 
you you kind of just like accept these things as like, well, this shit happens, and it's like, no, it's it's greed, it's greed again. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's. I don't know. I'm I'm learning probably just as much as our audience, and uh, it's 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 been a pleasure. It's like one of my favorite things to do right now because it's so different than any of the other work I do, and my mom listens to it because she, you know, bless her soul. She's watched things where we're playing a video game or like some goofy comedy thing. And she's like, that was nice. I liked this part where this happened. This episode one, she's, she's a day of release listener. She loves podcasts Mm. and she loves history. So like that's been rewarding. That's super dope. I was also going to say that one of the things that your show uh, has on our show is that um, it's probably a lot less common for people to come up to you and be like, I was in this horrible shipwreck and you yeah. have to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, sure, actually, I'm, we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure it does happen. But every week people will come up to us and be like, can I tell you about the 15 worst years of my life and why you should <laughs> yes. make jokes yep. about yep. it? <laughs> Yep. Can I tell you about this thing that my loved one is stuck in? How do I get them out? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And it's like, I'm a podcast host. <laughs> uh, you should talk to somebody professionally uh, capable of handling this. Damn, that's I crazy. I mean, we did get one that was like the Eastland, the Chicago River one. Oh, my God. My great grandmother was. And I was like, oh, no. I was like standing on the banks of the river when it happened. <laughs> I was like, the hundred year rule almost was tested (laughs) pretty extremely yeah see i try to save it sometimes where i'm like damn that's crazy that they're stuck in a cult you know what you should do is you should um get them to come to this comedy show that i have this weekend no it's gonna be really (laughs) eye-opening yeah we have uh we have a lot of people that you know like i said we have a lot of listeners that uh are either previously were in cults or um have loved ones that have been in cults uh and i feel like with the nature of what you're covering you're gonna get a little bit less of that um but not none you're eventually gonna have you're gonna cover one of the shipwrecks that somebody's gonna be like uh that was my uncle yeah, yeah, well, one of these days, especially as our reach like ex- extends uh, mm-hmm. in numbers, uh, which hopefully continues to grow, we've been really happy with what we've seen so far. But like, it's it's kind it's kind of inevitable. Uh, and people with like closer relationships to these ships, like, oh, my uncle uh, was part of the crew, or I worked at the museum for this, or like I live off the site of this disaster, and it's, so it's like, uh, it's it's just really interesting to see to get it from people like touched by it in some way and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah pretty pretty wild stuff well i wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and uh covering this (laughs) this uh boat related cult group i know we didn't really cover a lot of like the cult aspects but also the life of blackbeard is super fucking crazy and very interesting i'm into Um, it yeah 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 and uh where can people find ship hits the fan and yourself uh you can find ship hits the fan anywhere you listen to podcasts i'll send you guys like the the link that spreads Mm -hmm. out to all the other platforms but you know like apple google Podcasts, spotify uh podcast addicts the works it's all over you can find Um, that if you're listening you find that i think it's the chartable link uh in the description of this show great okay yeah that um and then like 
Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Ship Hits Pod. We have a TikTok, which is also Ship Hits Pod, but unfortunately, our operation is so much just run by the three of us and also like uh, Nick, who edits it, um, and a handful of other people that have been involved. A lot of the day to day is Brian, Patrick, myself. Um, so like the, anything you see on the socials is mostly me. So like, there's only so much time in the day. So the TikTok is admittedly a little light, but if you follow it, I can't tell you there are plans for programming to go to TikTok, which will be fun. Like bite-sized versions of the stories we're already covering. Well, you should call them like Um, lifeboat sized or something. mm Mm-hmm. Or not. Yeah, fuck me, whatever. Yeah, it's no, fine. I mean... No, no, yeah, no. No, I guess, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know if... I th- I feel like a lifeboat's not really a smaller version of the ship it's on. Although that would be really funny if it's, like, like a animal with, like, tiny <laughs> spawn that come off of it. <laughs> if all of the... You know, little trains, like, that that you sit in it, and it's like, looks like a train car, but it's open with a seat carved out of yeah. it? Yeah. What if the yeah. Titanic's lifeboats looked like little Titanics? <laughs> that would honestly have made all of that death so much more adorable. Yeah, it would have been really endearing. <laughs> have a child! <laughs> oh. uh, and where can people find you, Shar? Oh, we're just around. Okay. <laughs> or if you're on the computer, if you're on the computer, you can find me uh, across socials at MC underscore Lotta. That's L-O-T-T-A. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, uh, Patrick and I both at what a show, uh, you can find me on Spotify or wherever you listen to music as mom's home. God, I got a lot to plug and, uh, what else? Um, uh, oh, 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 and I'm, I'm hosting a monthly podcast now with, uh, Alana Pierce and Fiona Nova. Nice. Uh, Alana's recurring show about relationships and, uh, dating. It's called. Uh, Red Lips Orange Car, and there is one episode out, and I think another one forthcoming in the next couple weeks. That's the but... one with you and Patrick. Patrick is on the first one, yeah. so he's like, he's gonna be. I think the, we didn't record it with him for the second one. It's just Fiona, Alana, and myself. But uh, as you can imagine, if I'm busy, just imagine how it is for the other two. Yeah. <laughs> so those three schedules are tough. But yeah, I mean, like, find find me on all those places, uh, and and Funhouse. Yeah. And Funhouse yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, watch my shows, listen to my music. <laughs> it's all very, very, very good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, well, some of it some of it mixed by Armando himself. Th- there you go. The boy. Only one publicly, but more to come. Oh, the yeah. Boy. <laughs> oh, the boy. Pirate- <laughs> the, boy, the boy captain. <laughs> the boy captain himself? That's my new producer name. Fuck Hilo. I'm going to go by the boy captain. <laughs> the boy captain, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey. Uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, we'll get our plugs out of the way real quick, and then uh, we'll let you go so that you can get to, um, I don't know, captain or whatever you do. Bathroom. I have, bathroom. To, I have to pee, yeah. That's it. <laughs> hey, uh, if you want to find me on social media, it's very easy. I'm everywhere. Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram, at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff uh i think i've got some shows in austin and kansas city with uh page in kansas city this week but i will have to let you know because i have not been on top of that go follow me on instagram for that shit 
Um, you may have heard uh, at the beginning of this episode an advertisement for a brand new show that I'm working on uh, called Must Be Dice. It's a tabletop role-playing show that we made with Funhouse. Super fun time. Uh, go check it out. And, um, yep, that's all my plugs. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, it's your girl. I'm here every week. If you don't hear enough of my voice already, you can check me out on Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod weekly uh, for shows. We will be in Kansas City uh, May 1st. Uh, both Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast have a live show. And then May 3rd, I will be back in Los Angeles for the Netflix is a Joke Festival uh, with Roast Battle. So if you want to see me do that, uh, get tickets online. There's some left, but a lot of stuff is sold out already. So if you want to do that, I would do it expediently. Uh, and then I'll be at the Irvine Improv May 14th. See me Valley May 21st. Uh, if you want to keep track of all of those dates, uh, follow my social media. I'll be posting them there. And I think for now, that's it. I love you. Goodbye. Yeah. You're probably going to want to oh, do what I should probably say what those socials are. Oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok, at Page Wesley on Twitter. Yeah. You're going to want to get uh, tickets to that, as our best friend T.I., the comedian, would say, expeditiously. Oh. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck you, T.I., you piece of shit. Anyway, if you want to follow our show, you can follow it on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. Send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. Or you could send us your gay pirate romance novel, please. Uh, the handwritten manuscript is fine. Uh, or just oh. bottles of homemade grog. Whatever you want. Uh, send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining. Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think I'm going to say do drink the grog. Yeah. But don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, Bye. that's good. Bye. Bye.